Cunningham for another extraordinary message on Gill Athletics Connections. Well, welcome to the show. Uh. It's the goes to appreciate the coach, the ones who point people most. Every season needs a voice of reason, speaking the growth. You gotta prep for you carry the load. It's coffee to the soul for those of us who stay on the go. Proper handoff to stay in the zone. What you packing for the road? There's more than one way to the go. Take notes, that's paying your toll. It ain't practice if your purpose ain't clear. It can't happen till you listen with both ears. You can't mentor without a mentor's years of experience. You can reinvent those years. Every plan's got a stand to deliver up to. Enterprise sacrifice, can you give up you? It's a choice and a fight. Not a win or lose It's not a ploy but advice so y'all can make more moves It's not about how to, it's all about why You don't know till you know who you are inside Six million ways to tie Choose none so we all cross the finish line The work ain't done So we learn from the experts We all gotta put in the legwork Gill Athletics is a network It's all about connections Put together for the profession To every track coach could be the blessing All right, welcome back to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast. We've got a special one here. You've probably already seen uh, the the title of today's episode, and you're probably like, well, who, who is Sam Peter? I don't recognize. Who's Sam Peters? Who's that? Well, you don't recognize him today, but I guarantee you in a couple of years, you are going to recognize him. Sam is currently a senior at Lincoln Memorial University, and God bless him. He reached out to me. Of course, it was on, well, actually, he texted me. Actually, it's pretty good sleuthing. He texted me, found my cell phone number. I love that. And uh, that's a that's a lesson to all you coaches out there who ask me what my cell phone number is. It's easy to find. You literally Google Mike Cunningham cell phone. It, it pops right up. So kudos to Sam for that. But Sam reached out and said, hey, Mike, uh, I, I want to become a track coach and I have some questions. Can we talk? And you know me, my heart is 100% on track coaches. So here's a burgeoning track coach, someone who wants to be a track coach. And then, of course, my head starts spinning. How can we blow this up? How can we bring more value to others? So I asked Sam the impossible question. I was like, hey, Sam, would love to talk to you. I got a crazy idea. Do you want to come on the podcast? Like I thought not only other other athletes that listen, so this will be immense value for those current athletes that are contemplating becoming a track coach. But I also think for the majority of our audience, track coaches, that hearing the perspective of someone younger, so you know that 18 to 22 year range that we talk about in college, hearing their perspective of what they're thinking, the questions that they have, I think will help us as a track coaching body. So without further ado, let me stop talking. Let me introduce our guest for this week, for the Gill Podcast, senior out of Lincoln Memorial University. Help me welcome the wise, the wonderful Mr. Sam Peter. Sam, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, spring break on campus. So, you know, as a track athlete, maybe you don't get the best spring break you want, but uh, I'm still blessed to be here. And we're leaving for a meet on Thursday at Murray State, and I'm excited for that. Awesome. The racers, man. I know Murray State real well. That's awesome. Well, Sam, you know, before we hit record here, um, you know, I just got to publicly kind of state what I said to you, my friend. Uh, this is the first time Sam and I have ever met. We we actually, he brought up a, <laughs> this is so awesome. Sam actually reached out to me, I guess, what'd you say, three years ago? Yeah, three about three. Yeah, three years ago. Yeah. You're right, right when COVID, I guess, hit or right yeah, around right. that time. 2020, yeah. And so you had to be a freshman then. Is that right? 
Yes. Yeah. Oh my. So as a freshman, Sam reaches out to me on Twitter and says, I guess asked for like book recommendations and stuff. And so I gave him, of course, I gave him lead for God's sake, uh, the great book that we've had the author here on the podcast, go back and check out that episode. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, but, uh, Sam, I'm just so impressed, you know, someone of your age, in stage in life, uh, first of all, to reach out to me. I mean, most people, you know, maybe you can think of your own peer group there in school, won't even take that first step of courage of just even asking, you know, hey, can I get some advice? Can we talk, et cetera. But then when I had this crazy idea of, hey man, yeah, I'd love to talk, but I'd also like to record it and share it with the world. <laughs> Yeah, and I gave you an out. So make, make sure everybody yeah. knows. I told Sam, hey, man, if you don't want to do it, we'll still talk. But uh, I'm just so impressed uh, with your courage, your tenacity, and uh, just boldness to even do that, man. That tells me a lot about you from the get go. And we haven't literally we've talked for two minutes so far. So uh, I'm excited yeah. to learn more about you, Sam. So let's jump into it, man. You texted me and said, uh, I wrote down the exact quote. I have a few questions about beginning a coaching career. So let's, uh, I actually have some Twitter stuff to go over as well. I put this out to the Twitter sphere. We'll, yeah. we'll deal with that here in a little bit, but uh, let's jump into it. What kind of questions might you have? So, you know, as an athlete and that is going to be a coach, I'm starting to realize basically how much I don't know. Hmm. And so I'm like looking for things, looking for ways to start to learn. And, you know, I start reading books and stuff. And I, I hear books like whether it's on on here or other podcasts, other resources. And, you know, some of those books are helping. But then I maybe I I picked up uh, Supple Leopard and uh, Periodization by Tudor Boompa. And I'm like, this is so complex. Like, I'm not ready for this yet. Like, I'm trying to read it. And I'm just like picking up maybe two or three words a sentence, like mm -hmm. comprehending that. So I'm trying to basically find things that are like I don't want to say dumbed down enough for me but mm -hmm. that's kind of what I'm saying you know mm -hmm. yeah so like what what where where do you start where do you start I love it yeah you know similar background to you Sam I was not an exercise physiology major or you know biomechanics there's some amazing coaches that have the that educational background. So when they read periodization by Tudor Bompa, which most people are going to tell you is like, you have to have that in your library. So I love that you mentioned that one. That is like a, a staple. Like if you were to mention the um, Mount Rushmore of track and field books, most people are going to put that on there. So I love that you started there. Uh, and same thing, when I started coaching, you know, I'd read some of those books and I'd be like, what, what is, first of all, what is periodization? Like that's itself is its own little big yeah. word, right? Uh, penultimate step and things like that. And I'd be like, oh my. And I don't know about you, but I got a little intimidated when I first started reading those. I was like, maybe I'm not yeah. good enough or smart enough to be a track and field coach. So what I would say to you about that aspect, first and foremost, that intimidation aspect is, is I tell you to take a deep breath, you know, coaching, whether it's track and field or any other sport and really life in general, coaching is a lifelong journey. So, you know, you're 21, 22 years old, you're going to be coaching. If you, you know, you're going to start coaching uh, next year, we'll talk about that here in a little while. Um, so you're going to be coaching for the next like 40 years. Now let that sink in. That means you're going to coach for 40 years. You're basically 20 now. That means you are going to coach two times longer than you've been alive on this earth today. That's that's a long time, yeah. right? So right. if you think about that, uh, with that aspect in mind, you don't have to quote unquote know it all 
in year one, year two, year three. In fact, the real secret, some of these amazing coaches that I get to talk to on a daily basis, they'll tell you, you're never going to know it all. So this like goal of trying to know it all is, is unobtainable, but you're always trying to obtain it, <laughs> but it happens year after year after year. So back to the original question of where do you start? I think you have an amazing resource right where you are there at Lincoln Memorial University. So yeah. most kids, most athletes, forgive me, uh, are, um, you know, it's a selfish pursuit to be an athlete. It sounds bad, but it's true. When coach tells you a workout or um, uh, recovery modality or whatnot, the athlete's job is to take that in and figure out, well, how do I, how do I get better from it? How do I get better from the sprint workout? How do I get better from this uh, recovery day? It's a selfish pursuit. I'm taking in the instruction to help myself get better. Now that you know that you want to be a coach, that you want to be a track coach, you can start working towards the other side of the coaching aspect, which is very selfless. So when a coach goes to a um, formal coach's education or talks with a mentor or um, uh, has a group that just, you know, over, they just shoot the crap talking about coaching and things like that, they're taking in that information and figuring out how do they distill it so they can push it back out to the athletes. See how that selflessness comes in? It's yeah. like, oh, here's that information. The athlete stops right there and says, how does it make me better? The coach says, okay, now how do I communicate this? to my athletes so that they get better. So right now, 99% of your team uh, is out there doing the workouts, doing the drills, et cetera, figuring out how does it make them better? That's perfect. That's what they should be doing. Their athletes. That's good. You can now, cause you, what is this uh, April? So you've got two to maybe three months to go here where you can now start looking and listening and thinking about what coach is telling you. So, okay, well, why is coach telling me this. And maybe coach tells you the same workout that uh, they tell someone else, but they say it a little differently to the other athlete. It's like, well, why did they, why did they say it that way to them? What, 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 what is it? Something, is it communication? What, why, why it's the same workout. Why did they talk this way to that person and this way to me? So you can just start noticing things where again, most athletes are just yes, sir, no, sir do the sprint, do the jump, whatever it is. So you have that aspect. And then, and I know just, I just know you, you, I actually haven't asked you this, so you may tell me I'm wrong here, but I just know you've already told coach, Hey, I want to be a coach. So you've already started asking the questions of, Hey, so today we're doing blocks, starts times five, whatever. Um, why, why, why today? And then why did you follow that up tomorrow with this workout or whatnot? And, and you can start hearing their thoughts of why they're sequencing events, why they're doing this with the jumpers and this with the sprinters and this with the uh, hurdlers, et cetera. You can start asking those questions. And I think that today as a college senior, I think that's where you start. You start asking questions and you start um, letting that antenna come up and just start noticing what things are, are happening and, and, and then start asking the questions of why are they happening? And you can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Sam is furiously taking notes. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to let him digest that. And maybe there's another question. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, you're right. Like I do ask a lot of questions, maybe some, sometimes I might get on my coach's nerves with some, so many questions, you know, but um, 
like he does a good job of answering them. You know, sometimes it's a real short answer, mm -hmm. a real simple answer, which is good. And other times it's like really like a complex thing that I have to try and my best to learn to pick up on all those things because eventually that's where I got to, the level I got to be at. In its context, right? So like uh, at the end of the second rep and you know, you got a third one coming up, that's probably not the right time to ask the question. Well, why are we doing a third yeah. one? <laughs> you know, yeah, especially before, before after practice. Yeah. 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 Especially, you know, why type questions actually come off a little bit um, like you can put the other person in a defensive stance. Like if you think about yeah. your mom, your mom would always be like, why did, why are you out late? Why didn't you pick up your clothes? Right. So sometimes when we start a question with why there's an automatic of like, Whoa, why, why is Sam questioning me here? You know, so learning how to reframe that question of, Hey, I noticed you had us do yada, yada, yada. Was that because, and then just pause, like, actually, that's a question of its own. It, was that because, and then coach will, will jump in to save you. Cause you know, you're not finishing that question of say, Oh, well I did yeah. that because one, two, three bus rides are really good for these type of questions, right? <laughs> We're on a lot of long bus rides and stuff. Yeah. These are, these are the, Hey, sit next to coach coach. You okay. If I kind of pepper you with some questions here and you know, I, I think those will be maybe yeah. some uh, better received timing uh, for coach for sure. Yeah. And uh, also, like, I feel like um, I learn really well when I find a short little video mm. to watch, you know, but I I kind of struggle, like, finding those videos. Like, I, I can find the PowerPoints from the coaches convention on UJSTFCCA, uh, mm -hmm. but, like, sometimes, I don't know, I just forget words. I need to put, like, an image or an example with those words and those but I'm, I don't know exactly where to find those short little videos at. You know, you are in an amazing time for track and field and coaching specifically. 2023, uh, it's it's funny to hear you say, I can't find a video because back in yeah. the day, and I'm not trying to do my, uh, you know, get off my lawn here. Um, you know, when I first started 94, I graduated 94, so 96 was my first year coaching. No YouTube no CD ROMs, no DVDs, yeah. etc. We used to have, v do you know what a VHS tape is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I, I meant that seriously. Cause some people don't, um, you know, VHS tapes that we would, we would order from USATF. They would send us the, um, Olympic trials, like all the 100 hurdlers and we'd get it from the front, the back, the side and all that stuff. No commentary, no coaching. <laughs> we would just watch videos and see all eight athletes over and over and over and pick up cues there. So, um, you know, you're an amazing time period of YouTube video, uh, and then just simple access. You mentioned, I love that you went to the USTFCCCA website and got the PowerPoints of the presenters. Cause some of the most amazing people are presenting at that convention. It's my favorite time in the entire year. Have you reached out to any of those presenters and said, Hey, you know, I saw you spoke on X, Y, and Z. I had a question about PowerPoint number four. I don't understand what you mean when you say yada, yeah. yada, yada. Have you ever reached out to any of these, these guys and gals? No, I, I guess I never thought that I should do. I've reached out to some coaches but not in that manner. So, yeah, I would encourage you, you know, very much like you're, uh, I'm so glad I modeled this <laughs> when you reached out to me uh, about the books years ago. Um, but I find track coaches to be some of the most open and welcome people out there um, yeah. that would love to, like, if you had a question uh, specifically, if you're showing interest, like, Hey, I went and watched your PowerPoint presentation. Like that makes a coach mm -hmm. like, Oh, wow. This, like, this isn't just some kid asking me, how do I go from, 13 flat to 12 flat in the hundred, like, oh, this kid's actually 
Like they're trying to study and they had a question. I would encourage you to reach out through whether it's email, you know, that's easy to find. You just Google the school's name and, uh, yeah. and the coach's name and stuff like that. So email, um, oh gosh, I don't have to give you this advice. You, you found my cell phone on the <laughs> internet for crying out loud through LinkedIn. So, um, you know, reaching out to those guys and gals, uh, I, I think you would see a lot of fruit in that. There would be people who were, not everybody's going to respond, but I think the vast majority would respond in a very uh, understanding manner, like to help you know, bring it to the level that you're at today uh, to help understand those uh, different training modalities that they're doing. Got you. So, so this one, this one's interesting though. Like there's a lot of coaches out there, which means there's, there's a lot of good ones and then maybe there's some, some bad ones. So how do you determine maybe the good advice from the bad advice? Cause as a young person, you know, there's going to be a lot of people trying to give me advice and I have to kind of filter through like, oh, this this can help me. This is this is like helping me work towards my individual goals, personal goals. And this uh, is not going to help me because because I'm still like really naive in a lot of things in track. So mm-hmm. I don't want to just like just take everything as Bible, you know. Yeah, no, I, that's a really good question. You're you're thinking about this really well, Sam. You're, you know, I I, I half expected you to come on here and be like, hey, so uh, I have a question about coaching, Mike. Uh, how do I coach hundred meter sprinters? <laughs> and be like, well, you first of all, you're asking the wrong person. I've forgotten everything on how I coach. <laughs> so I appreciate your actual thinking of like the, the structure of how and why to coach. You, you know, with what you said there, Sam, I, I would turn it around a little bit. I would change the language a little bit from my experience anyway, from my my viewpoint. You mentioned that there's a lot of great coaches out there, and you're right. They're all, first of all, every coach is fantastic. When you really sit back and think about what they do, regardless of the results on the track or the field, you know, they're dealing with uh, 14 to 18-year-olds in high school, 18 to 22-year-olds in college. Uh, in today's world of cell phone, social media, uh, social justice, they're, they're dealing with a lot, by the way, also trying to have a family or a life, et cetera. So, um, so my hat's off to every coach and what they do. Now, to your point about maybe their uh, education level, uh, you know, we're all on a different journey. You know, to get to become a Boosh X Snyder, Brooks Johnson uh, type of coach. Well, they started from knowing nothing. You know, we all started with zero. And then because of motivation and um, sometimes luck, um, but desire, they grew to where they are today. You know, when I interview, uh, you know, I've done over 200 coaches for the Gill podcast here. And I love it because it's always like, well, how did coaching start for you? No one has ever said, oh, well, I started coaching because I was already a great coach. <laughs> they all started with like, well, I was a runner and I liked the sport. So I tried to do more of it, you know, uh, and then I started learning trial and error, things like that. So we're all on a different path in our coaching journey. So how do you figure out, well, whose path should I pay attention more than the other? Well, I'm going to tell you, the first thing I would do is try to strip away as much bias as possible. And what I mean by that is, because uh, we're going to typically talk about college coaches here, but high, high school as well, but get rid of the thought that just because they're at a power five school or division one, that they automatically know what they're talking about, and then vice versa, because you're a junior college coach or a D3, you don't know as much. Take that and just wipe that 
completely out of your thought process because it's not true. Some people are very beginning journey as a power five division one coach. Other people are some of the best in this country and they're at a division three or junior college coach. We're all at our place of location for a lot of different reasons. And not number one reason is because they know how to coach, but you know, their, their ability to coach. That's not always number one, family, paycheck, et cetera, other things that are as important for them is why they're at such and such university versus another. So strip that bias out. And then I would do homework. So to me, um, taking and putting aside all of the, you know, the kids graduate and things like that, those are all extremely important things. But if you're looking at just who should I talk to coaching wise, <clears throat> I think you go and you do a little bit of analysis on the athletes, you know, which athlete go look at their senior athletes and what their PRs are and what were the PRs coming out of high school. You know, most websites now on bios uh, for the athletes have that information, right? It says, you know, uh, was the state champ in the 100 meter dash running 11.1 uh, going into their senior year. Now their PR is 1039. That's pretty good. That's that's really good coaching for, for that example there. Um, now, that's not going to tell the entire story. Because some right. kids are, you know, they're they're going to get better just because of natural age and things like that. But that will help you see if a if you start identifying coaches that have a lot of those examples, a lot of their sprint crew PRs uh, or whatever you know discipline you're looking at, that might be a good person to pick their brain. So that's where I would uh, maybe start with that path. Okay. Yeah, I just noticed like like me myself, I just feel like I'm so so behind, even though I'm still a student athlete, like I just feel like there's just so much so like for me to go. And like it can me like it can make you a little anxious sometimes because obviously like when I'm a coach, I wanna be a great one. Like so I just have all these things I wanna do. Let me tell you yes and no to what you just said there. Uh, yes, you're behind in the sense of you've got 40 years ahead of you. Yeah. No, you're not behind because you have 40 years ahead of you. There, let me tell you how many college seniors who are going to be college, are going to be track coaches have reached out to me to use, you know, pick my brain, not only as a former track coach, but now as the guy who's interviews every coach around <laughs> those kind of things. Uh, one, sir, you, so you're ahead of the game as well. Okay. Now, okay. When, when you start thinking about next year and starting to coach and maybe you get some anxiety of like, well, man, am I going to do it wrong? Am I going to, let me just, just put you at ease. You will, you are 100% going to do it wrong. Every coach right now that's listening, when they think back to their very first year or two years of coaching, I guarantee you if they're, if they're any coach worth their salt, they go, hmm, I wish I could go back and see those athletes and apologize. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was doing this workout or that workout. Like, what was I like now? five, 10, 20 years ahead, I know what I was doing was wrong. But in the moment, I didn't know. And I was doing my best. So as long as you're doing things that are safe, you're not doing crazy things like, hey, jump out of this two-story building. It'll make you a better jumper. You're yeah. going to be okay. You're not going to hurt them. Yeah. You just aren't going to be maybe doing things as uh, efficient or as properly as you could be doing and you will be doing as you continue to yeah. learn and talk with others. But just lay that to the side, man. If you are any coach, worth your salt in five to 10 years, you will think, man, I wish I could go back and find those first athletes I ever coached and just apologize to them. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's another thing like next year when I'm coaching, 
So yesterday I helped out at a local high school, just like coaching, like just helping out with blocks and stuff. So, and it went well, but I like, I noticed that I had a hard time, you know, conveying exactly mm-hmm. how I wanted, like, you know, making sure it's simple. Like I can say it, but it might take me like two more sentences than it should to really portray my idea across. So mm-hmm. especially for high schoolers, you know, it's, it really needs to be simple. And like, especially when you're starting out as a coach, it should also like not be too complicated or else you'll confuse yourself. But like, how should I learn to like really make sure when I'm talking to a group of athletes, like it's coming out in a confident way so that, you know, they're trusting me too. Like, it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to encourage you to do things to make it sound like, you know, what you're talking about. I'm going to tell you to work on becoming, knowing what you are talking about. Um, One of the uh, traps that I see new rookie coaches getting into, uh, and I think a little bit comes from that mind space of where you're at of like, I want to sound like I want to convey confidence because we know an athlete that's more confident will run better or jump better. I, I think one of the traps we fall into is we we try to over explain or we try to show our knowledge, which is funny because we don't have very much knowledge at that point. And so I would tell you to, you know, get real comfortable saying, I don't know. Like that takes a real confident person to be able to say, I don't know, but I'll find that answer. I mean, that that to me, when someone, when we're interviewing people here for Gil or I'm talking to an administrator or a coach and I ask a question and they say, I don't know. I automatically, they go up several clicks in my head. I'm like, oh, this is a person who understands what they know, as importantly, understands what they don't know and doesn't want to BS me. You BS me. I kind of, you know, like, oh, okay, well, you're just, you know, you don't really know what you're talking about. But when you can yeah. get real comfortable saying, I don't know, but I'll find out, man, people, even young people, people that are younger than you will look up to you and be like, oh, wow okay, cool. Like they're, they're going to go get the real answer. And then you got to go get the answer <laughs> at that yeah. point. So I wouldn't encourage you to, to do things to make it look like, you know, what you're talking about. I'm, I'm going to encourage you to practice your craft, practice, practice your, your speech of your craft. You'll, you'll, you'll learn what the kids are picking up from you and what they're not. Uh, you'll learn what cues work for them and not, uh, you know, kids learn, I shouldn't say kids, people learn in different ways. Some learn through hearing, some learn by seeing, some learn by feeling. So you're going to find out that, you know, sometimes you're going to have to describe a drill differently. You might have to, and you can do this at your young age. When you get my age, you can't do this. You might have to demonstrate the drill. You might have to find video on YouTube to show the kid the drill. And then sometimes there, some kids are going to need to just do the drill, do it wrong, get some correction, come back, try it again and get that coordination picked up so that they can do it well. You're going to have kids, you're going to have five different sprinters and each one of them will learn, will need a different thing from you. They'll need to hear it or see it or feel it or, um, and practice it to get better. And some are going to have a combination, you know, they're going to need to feel it. Plus hear your feedback, go back and try it again, fail. Maybe go see a video. It's going to, every, every kid's coached and learned differently. So that your skill set as a coach is how do you convey the same message different ways for the different people and how they can pick it up. Okay. 
So that that was uh, all all the questions I had written down. Actually, you have really helped me out. I have a lot of notes that I'll be able to review when we're done. So, well, let's turn into you brought some good news to me when before we hit the record button. So you actually have you have, you've got a gig for next year. You tell tell us about yeah. this. So it's a school in my in the conference, the SAC, um, which is, in my opinion, one of the toughest D two conferences. Um, like in the 200, we had the top three guys at indoors this year. So uh, yeah, that's pretty tough. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, so it's about an hour and a half east of where I currently uh, go to school at uh, Tusculum University. Oh, yeah. Coach Robert, Robert mm-hmm. Williams. He mm-hmm. is. I've been talking to him for the past month and he's told me that I could join, join his program as a graduate assistant. And, awesome. uh, start learning how to be a jumps coach, which is pretty, uh, obviously pretty new. Yeah. If you got, if you listeners don't know, I'm a 400 runner. <laughs> I came or sprinter and I came here as a 100 meter sprinter. So I've been a sprinter the five or six years that I've ran track. So, so what, what's got you nervous about going and coaching jump sprinters the whole nine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's obviously some of it, like translates, you know, you have to run, you have to sprint down the runway mm-hmm. and all that. So, uh, but then again, I don't know how, I don't know what to tell them once they hit that board. So <laughs> that's what I used to say. I used to coach sprints, jumps and hurdles. And I'd say, I can coach everything in the sprints, jumps and hurdles, except for pole vault. I can get you down to that pole vault box, but <laughs> it, it becomes magic at that point. I have no clue yeah. what happens once you put that pole in the box. <clears throat> you know, I think it's kind of interesting, you know, there's, a lot of different ways to get into coaching and on the GA route, there's kind of two ways of the GA route. One is to go to a, a very, very large program uh, in Arkansas, Florida state, et cetera, where they have a full slate of coaches, maybe have volunteer yeah. coaches, maybe have several GAs and you don't get to get in the muck as much. However, that's still a great learning opportunity, right? If I, if I go to, um, Florida State, and I become Matt Kane. He's one of the sprint coaches, him and Ricky Argo. And I become Matt Kane's uh, GA, and he's got a volunteer assistant and, you know, full slate of assistants. So I really, I'm not, I'm not writing workouts or anything, yeah. but I'm getting to watch a guy like Matt Kane work and I get to, and I'm just soaking it in, right? I'm videoing the whole thing in my head. Why did you do this? How do you do that? And I'm like you to your coach. I'm asking him a billion, like, I'm going to make him perturbed with me because I'm asking him a billion questions. That is a a really fantastic way to get into coaching. The other GA way of doing it is what you're doing there at Tusculum. So smaller program, uh, maybe don't have, I don't know, I'm I'm guessing here, but maybe don't have the full slate of full-time coaches. So you're going to get a bigger responsibility. You're going to write workouts. You're going to coach jumps, even though you've never coached at this part, never participated in it at this point. That is also a fantastic way to do it. That's the uh, uh, baptism by fire, jumping in and figuring it out, right? So what are some ways to help you maybe achieve success? Excuse me earlier than later is go find. So if you're doing sprints and jumps, go find coaches that are successful at sprints and jumps and just ask them, Hey, what are the basics? What are the three things I've got to, uh, I've got to take a hundred meter person and make and work with them in the long jump, triple jump. What are, what are three, the three basic, don't give me 30, give me three basic things I need to work out and then go get real feel good at those basic things, Sam. Um, You know, foundational education and track and field is 
highly underrated. We're always looking for the 1%. What's the 1% I can do to get a long jumper better or a sprinter faster? And in reality, the bulk of our athletes, if they were uh, hugely, hugely improved on their basics, would be tremendously improved. So I would go find those people and pick their brain. So what, you know, again, make it simple. What are the three things I need to know for long jumpers? They're going to tell you run up first of all. So, you, you know, you know, running a little bit, so that's, that's a great thing. They're going to talk about the setup. So the penultimate and the actual takeoff, and then they'll talk about some in the air stuff, but that's the three kind of basic. I know there's every long jump coach is yelling at me right now. That's the basics. You know, it. the run up, what you're doing at the board and then in the air uh, to do work that first. And then as you possibly now as a GA can start doing some uh, formal education. So USATF level one, eventually level two, USTF CCCA has some tremendous courses at the convention. You know, those, yeah. those people uh, you've seen. I actually, uh, I have my level one. So why were you telling me you think you're behind? Hold on. You are a college athlete and you already have your level one. Yeah, I got it. Let's see. Wow. Uh, in 2020 uh, on uh christmas eve 2020 do you remember who your teachers were uh dave pavlansky awesome and uh, uh liberty's jump coach i can't sean, remember sean, sean venable yeah, Vin, Vin, yeah. And, and, and maybe uh, maybe you had larry judge yeah larry 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 dude first of all there are three great resources for you today you already have an in with them. You email Sean. Sean's one of the greatest people in the world. Larry, actually, all three you've named are just amazing, amazing human beings. You email them and say, hey, I took your class in 2020. And now here we are, 2023. I'm about to start my first GA position. Uh, yeah. And I've got a coach jumps. I listened, I promise. But can we have a conversation about like, okay, now the rubber meets the road. I got to actually do it. Can we have a conversation? And they will absolutely, they're great people. And they're super smart people. Uh, they'll be like, oh my God, this guy was in my class. Of course I'm going to help him. Like we feel, I, I taught for many, many years and taught 30 something level ones. I, I still have this like beholden when someone comes to me and says, I was in your class. It's like, oh my God, are you, you know, anything I can help you with? Like we just have this natural connection. So you have an automatic like mentor group uh, started by that alone. And don't you dare say you're behind the eight ball, man. No, no other college kid has a uh, level one already. I love that. Congratulations, man. That's so cool. Thank That's you. awesome. What else has got you maybe nervous about next year starting up as a GA? Well, I mean, some of them, like, you're going to be older than me, honestly. They really could be. Like, I have to learn. I'm going to have to learn how to draw that line because I'm I'm the I'm the coach now. I'm not the athlete. And, I, and especially since they're in their conference, I see them at probably 60 70% of my, my meets. Yes. I'm so, again, you are ahead of the curve, my friend. So one of the topics that I bring up a lot of times in the podcast is when a coach says, yeah, I went to such and such university. And then I became the GA at that same university. I'm like, wait a minute. So in June, you were hanging out with your boys. And then in August, you were coach. <laughs> How does that work? That, you know, that's, that yeah. don't, that's just not something you snap your fingers. Um, and so I love that you're thinking about that. So you're not necessarily doing it at the same university. So your teammates, you're not coaching your teammates, yeah. but to your point, some are going to be maybe more, uh, you know, a year or two older than you, but you've also competed against some of them as well. So uh, yeah, my advice is to absolutely keep separation. I don't mean that in any negative way. I just mean that you're in a different role now. You're not their homeboy. You're not their best friend. Uh, you're coach. 
means you love on them. You want them to be successful, uh, but you're you're not the hangout buddy. You know, you're not playing Xbox. Do kids still play Xbox uh, on the weekends? You're definitely you're not drinking with them. I know you know these things, Sam, but this is good stuff yeah. for people just to know in here. You're not drinking with them. Um, you, you know, you're not discussing necessarily uh, love lives and relationships. You know, there's other people for that, yeah. their family, the clergy, et cetera. Uh, you're there to coach. So I, I and it's going to be it's harder for you to do it today as a 22 year old than it will be as a 32, 42, 52 year old. Uh, but sometimes we struggle because, you know, around these kids all the time. So relationships absolutely and should occur and occur and grow. Uh, but as a, as a young person, it's going to be harder for you to like, man, I, you, maybe you're gonna have less friends over there. You know, you, you don't have an established friend group of your age and peers uh, out in Tuscaloosa. So it's going to, there's going to be times where I think it's going to be hard for you. Cause I think it'd be hard for anybody uh, resist the temptation, establish the, the right uh, relationship with those athletes from the get go. And you'll, you'll have a much longer, uh, less um, uh, hassle of a career uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really the, yeah, I just gotta, I really want to make sure, you know, that there's some, there's a level of trust with me Yeah, and, and obviously them, because I just want them to know that I have like their best interests in mind. You'll prove that by uh, getting prepared as a coach, learning, becoming better at your craft and yeah. uh, teaching them and loving on them on the track, not by, going to the bar, playing games, things like yeah. that as a, as a coach. Yeah. 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 Um, well, Hey, I, you know, as, um, as evidenced by you reaching out to me several years ago on Twitter, you know, I'm, I love Twitter. That's where I, I live. <laughs> yeah. And so when we were setting this up, excuse me, pardon me there. Uh, as we were setting this up, Sam, uh, I reached out. I like I like Twitter because I like the crowdsourcing aspect of it. And, you know, pretty much every one of my uh, followers on Twitter is either a track athlete or more specifically a track coach. So I I put out there in Twitter, I said, hey, Twitter, uh, track Twitter, need your help working on a project. You, you Sam, you were the project. Uh, <laughs> if you were to give advice to a current collegiate student athlete who wanted to be a coach, what would it be? Now, you got people... I got a hundred uh, comments here. We're going to go over a few of these here. Uh, but that that one tweet got over 20,000 views. So there's a lot of interest. Like this topic is really on point for our community. So yeah. uh, I kind of wanted to go through. There's some I'll just read, but there may be others that we'll stop and pause and kind of talk about here a little bit as we wrap up today. So um, Coach MW1 said, get certified to teach. So that's another aspect we actually didn't talk about. I know you're going into become a GA at Tusculum uh, uh, University, uh, but you still have a decision to make whether you want to become a high school coach or a collegiate coach. And so, um, again, I would give you that same advice of wipe away your bias and think that, oh, well, only the good coaches go to college. So I want to go coach college, yeah. man. Uh, some of the most influential, greatest coaches we have are on the high school level, and we need them desperately with our 14 to 18 year old kids that are out there. So, um, so this coach that get certified to teach, uh, learn to listen and listen to learn. I love that. Know your athletes, be willing to adjust. And this, I thought coach, uh, uh, MW one coach Washington here really hit it on this one. Meet people where they are. So you're going to have some athletes that are going to come to you and they are uberly gifted. Like they were put on this earth to become uh, a 10 flat sprinter or 27 foot uh, long jumper. And then you're going to meet other kids who, uh, you know, at their age and stage, 
have a hard time tying their shoe, their coordination levels, haven't caught up to who they are, meet yeah. people where they are. And I think that actually is good advice for you as well as a beginning coach. Let yourself be where you are today. You are not expected and you should not expect to be the perfect coach year one, year two, year three, as long as you're working towards becoming a better coach, then you're doing the right thing. You're on the right path there. So I, I thought that was really good. Meet people where they are. Uh, good friend, Kurt Michael Downs, Gill Podcast alum, by the way, up in Canada. This one actually had a lot of likes. So I, I think this res resonated with a lot of people. Get a notebook, document everything, find a mentor. You're going to hear this theme in these uh, um, tweets here. Uh, find a mentor, ask questions, <clears throat> be humble, which I think you are. You're showing that by coming onto the podcast and asking these questions. So I think you've got humbleness in spades, my friend. Be thoughtful, be willing to go anywhere to seek knowledge, plan for success. And then you brought this up a little bit here, Sam. Keep it simple. You can always add complexity later. Isn't that interesting? You kind of already touched on it. Yeah. Like, well, I know simple is, you said, especially for high schoolers, but I think for any athlete, keeping yeah. it simple. That, that was great advice by Kurt Michael Downs. Trey Meadows says, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So with the with the mentor, mm -hmm. um, I would say like, like my coach here at uh, school at Lincoln Memorial, he, Rochelle Black, um, who went to Troy, by the way. Oh, no, but, I know Rochelle. Come on. I know all yeah. my Troy loans, baby. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, so obviously he's one. And then like I, he recommended um, Lane Fletcher down at Lee, who mm -hmm. I like. I talked to a lot. Um, I was actually on the phone with him last night. Mm -hmm. But so like how many is there such a thing as too too many mentors? I was like, I, I wouldn't I don't know if I would want to have, you know, like 20 five people that I'm like always calling with like mm -hmm. this uh, one issue, you know? Yeah. That, that's a, that's a great question. I'd love to hear from the listeners. What, what you think about that question too, of too many, I may actually put this on Twitter uh, mm -hmm. after we get done here. Can you have too many mentors? Uh, I think the answer is yes. Now saying that, what I mean is you may have, I'm just going to make up numbers here. You may have 20, 30, 40 mentors over the course of your career because they'll fall in and out, right? You, yeah. what, you, what you need for mentorship as a, a beginning coach here in the next five to 10 years is going to be different than what you need as a mentor at the age of 50 in your 50 to 60 year uh, coaching. Um, your your stage of life is going to change. You don't necessarily, not knowing your, your personal relationship life, but assuming you're not married with children today, uh, when, when and if you do pursue that path, you may yeah. need different mentors of like, hey, so now I've got a kid on the way. I need uh, some coaches to pour in my life on, well, how do I become a dad and still coach properly? Even when you first get married, uh, how do I become a spouse who's a track coach and, and do it right. Like I, I got to pour into my relationship before I pour into my profession. Right. You, you know, you're going to need different mentors uh, along the different way. So I, I think, yes, I, I would not go out and try to get 20 mentors today, but yeah. I would know that the mentors that you do reach out to today and establish relationship may change or certainly should change as you move along in your journey. Like I mentioned those level one coaches and your head coach now, and then your head coach at Tusculum, those are great jumping off point mentors for sure. Yeah. And they maybe come back in your life. Maybe Rochelle is not your mentor in 10 years, but then you uh, go to get your first head coaching job and you're like, well, maybe I should go back to coach black and say, hey, yeah. man, so you are a head coach. I give you a little bit of a hard time. How did you do it? What was the, what was the hardest part for you when you first became a head coach? They may re-enter uh, as, as a mentor. 
Uh, Trey Meadows says, control your input and your output. Decide who gets a say and decides who gets your investment. Number two, know the expectations of your admin institution, head coach, staff. So your mission is the same. Some will say one thing and do another. I, I like Trey's here. Know the expectations of your institution, your head coach, et cetera, as a GA, especially, you know, I'd really sit down with coach and be like, Hey, so what do you expect of me? What, what, you know, what, is it just coaching? That's cool. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, but do you also have expectations for me to help, uh, set the schedule or, uh, get transportation? What are the, what are the expectations so that I can, can meet those for you? I think that's, instead of just guessing, just having those conversations from the get go is a, is a really important uh, aspect. Uh, Coach Craig over at Purdue, another podcast alum. Uh, I, th I think that's a, a thing too, is <laughs> listen to the podcast and you already do. So I appreciate that. But I think that's key to uh, hearing people's journeys. I I'm noticing that a lot of podcast alums have responded. And I think that kind of tells you that those are the type of people that want yeah. to reach out and help. So Coach Craig says, make connections with coaches that would be willing to mentor you. Again, I told you, you're going you're gonna to see that theme. Having the right support network can make all the difference. Trust me on this one. Coach Craig has a, uh, a story there. Derek Everly. Now this one's kind of funny. Uh, Derek Everly said, marry a lawyer. And I think what Derek is trying to say is uh, that today in 2023, we're not paying our track and field coaches enough. That's my opinion. Uh, it's certainly they're getting paid more today than they were back when I was coaching. Uh, but for what we do, the hours we put in, the care we give to, to other people's children, uh, we're not paying enough. So I think what Derek's point there is, uh, you know, might help if you marry someone who is going to be making a little bit more money than you, but I think you should be making as much money as possible. Mike Van Dyke says, find a mentor coach with tons of experience. Um, oh, here, okay. I, uh, Sammy Dabbs, great coach down at Texas. Who's been on the podcast spin. This is awesome. Listen to this one. This is a good one. Spend more time listening and less time talking. I, I call that the Hamilton rule. You ever seen Hamilton, the, the uh, musical? Yeah. I, okay. I right. Mean, you know, talk yeah. less or smile more, talk less, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Sammy's saying here. Spend more time listening, less time talking, focus on learning the why and less on the outcome in all caps. He wrote network. That's important. And we'll let's talk about networking here for a second. Networking is typically defined as like when you go to the coaches convention or you go to level one uh, and you probably took that level one online, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. We used to go to a classroom. I'm not sure if we're back to classrooms or not, but typically networking is seen as something where you go to an event where a lot of other people are, a lot of other coaches, and you go to try to meet as many of them as you can. And, and how many can walk away knowing who Sam Peters is? That, that to me is the wrong way to network. Uh, when you're trying to catch the eye or the ear of a coach that you want to either have as a mentor or learn more from, I, I would suggest for networking, what's worked for me is how do I go up and give value to that person? I mean, it's, it's real easy. Someone like a mouse, the head coach at university of Florida, another podcast yeah. alum, when people come up to him and they're only trying to become air quotes here, friends with him, because they think he'll, you know, can get him a job and things like that. He can smell that a mile away. It's that person that just wants something from mouse. Mouse is probably, I'm speaking a little bit for you, Mouse. I apologize. Please correct me where uh, uh, where it makes sense. I think Mouse is more attracted to someone who wants, maybe wants to get to know him, maybe wants to give value, like, hey, I, I heard of this recruit. Maybe you want to take a look at him or something like that. Not the person who says, I want Mouse as a reference on my uh, resume. That, that's the person Mouse can smile, can smell a, a mile away. And yeah. you know, it's like, why? Why? Why should I? I don't even know who you are. <clears throat> so network. 
get great at the warm up. And this is Sammy Dabbs talking. So if he's talking, listen, uh, no job is beneath you. Take initiative, support the team, not just your event area. Uh, Coach Cam says, find mentorship. Uh, Hound Dog Running Company says, would encourage them to learn different training methods from different programs and understand the why behind each of them. So as you get these different mentors and you're going to learn from the Tuscolum coach, you've obviously learned from your current coach, uh, you've learned from level one, there's going to be some of those differences. This goes back to who do I listen to and who do I not listen to type of thing. You're going to learn different ways to coach the long jump, triple jump, et cetera. Uh, Hound Dog Running Company really hit the nail on the head here. And, and Sammy Dabbs brought it up as well. Learn the why. So why do you do this with your triple jumpers? Why do you not do this with your high jumpers, et cetera? Learning the why is, is really, really important. Jay Turner says, understand that things will look a lot different when you see things from the viewpoint of a coach than it did when you were a student athlete. Oh, Jay hits it right there, man. We talked a little bit about this. When you're an athlete, it's selfish. You're trying to bring in what coach is saying so that you can become better. It's going to look different when it's now like, oh, well, it doesn't matter what I can do or not do. I've got to help these kids, these athletes do. So it's going to look, look a little different. Make as many, uh, Coach Fabe, uh, um, where's Coach Fabe now? Kansas State. Uh, make as many connections with the coaches as possible inside and outside your current school. And I would add inside and outside of your event group. Don't be afraid. In fact, not, not even don't be afraid. I'd encourage you to uh, get become peers with distance coaches, with throws coaches, multi-coaches, sprints and jumps coaches uh, for a couple of reasons. One, you can learn from them you know, how they do things and why they do certain things. But also as they go on to become head coaches, well, if you only talk to sprint coaches and a sprint coach becomes a head coach, well, why would he hire you? You're a sprint coach. He doesn't need a sprint coach, yeah. you know, uh, but that distance coach that becomes a head coach is going to need a sprint coach. And you might <laughs> be that one. So I uh, love that inside, outside of your current school. And I would add inside and outside of your event area. Coach underscore T Graham says, read, read some more, read again. <laughs> I, I assume you must be a reader because you reached out to me years ago for reading suggestions. So I love, yeah. love that you kind of maybe are already on that path. <clears throat> Coach Cam uh, at Camilla Kingston underscore, pay attention to the details, ask questions, invest in your certifications, USTF, CCCA and USATF. You're already uh, doing that. That's awesome. Uh, Fairlane Junior Track says, get paid. And I love this. That seems like a very um, uh, selfish thing to say, like, oh, get paid. Like, but hey, you're going to have hopefully a family one day. You're going to have passions, um, uh, goals, um, charities that you want to do. So we ha you want to retire one day. So we do have to get paid. When we had Boo Shexnader on the podcast, if you haven't listened to Boo's episode, I would encourage you to, to go back and listen to him. First of all, he's one of the top coaches in this yeah. world, uh, but he had some amazing advice about, especially for coaches that are young, like yourself, uh, that if you have a position, a, a, a opportunity to go to another job that pays more, take it. We don't pay you guys enough anyway as coaches. So get that money early because that's what's going to compound. You talk, talk about retirement and things like that. So um, so I like Fairlawn saying that. I I didn't think that was a, a crass or anything way to say it. I, I'll get paid. Uh, we'll see. Um, Coach Alicia, uh, uh, at Alicia Nicole, sometimes you, you're going to want it more for your athletes than they want it for themselves. You have to learn to be okay with that. Yeah, you're not your athletes. You're the coach. Um Teach them as well as you can, encourage them, uh, motivate them as much as you can. But ultimately, they're the ones that, you know, just like you today as an athlete, you've got to want it to, to happen, not your coach. However much coach yeah. wants you to do it, it's, it's on you, Sam. 
Coach Justin Romero, USATF cert, start small, then big, private school, allowed me to be independent from club coach. I love that. Uh, Nick Eckel, you'd be astonished how little of your day is spent in practice. Oh, here's a good one. So how you'll be astonished how little of your day is spent in practice. Get your CDL, get your master's degree paid for. Nice. BAGA first and learn how to work in the industry. Um, you know, you're probably getting into coaching because you love to be on the track with a stopwatch yelling out splits or, you know, mm -hmm. in the sand pit, helping your kids jump. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but uh, there's a whole that that's this much of coaching. There's scheduling, there's budgeting, there's alumni, uh, there's compliance on the college side. Uh, if you're a teacher, teaching <laughs> takes up the most of your time. There's parents, alumni, etc. Um, know that it is way more than just writing workouts and going to the track and doing those workouts. So I love Nick Eckel saying that you'd be astonished at how little your day is spent in practice. Uh, SV cross country says high school level, be ready to coach all events. I, I, that's, that's true. Uh, and you're already kind of seeing that as in a smaller school, you got to yeah. go to the jumps now, be ready to coach all events. Every athlete matters. Things like uniforms. Oh yeah. There's another thing you're going to have to deal with uniforms, daily issues, running a meet apparel pictures, take up as much time as coaching. Uh, and I, I th this type of, um, Advice is always kind of crazy to me. Be prepared for the unexpected. I, I don't know how, I don't know how for you to do that. It's, it's unexpected for a reason. So, yeah. <laughs> so maybe be more flexible that, you know, things are going to come at you. Uh, there's an old um, uh, Confucius saying something about uh, when the wind blows, the willow survives, but the oak tree dies because the oak tree is so rigid. When the wind blows, it cracks and dies, right? Where the, the willow you know, it bends, it's flexible. So it survives a windstorm, uh, much like that for your own career. You didn't know we were going to talk about Confucius today. Uh, your own, your own life of like, be, be willing to, to roll with the punches, so to speak. Sean Coleman, excellent job at NC state says always watch your character in public. And I'd say in private too. Uh, the coaching world is very small. You never know who knows who, uh, it's what, you know, as well as who, you know, Charles Potts says, never stop learning, be curious, ask questions and listening. Uh, I love that, Charles Potts. That's that's so great. Jerry Sikama, never be afraid to say the wrong thing when it comes to corrections. Always keep learning and being a student of the sport. That's really good. Never be afraid to say the wrong thing when it comes to corrections. Like if you think that's the answer, say the answer and then be willing to be corrected and find the right answer. Uh, Nick Moss says, uh, talk to as many coaches as you can, ask lots of questions. You notice that theme, ask lots of questions, uh, learn and be willing to coach all events. That's another theme there. Uh, a few more here and we'll start wrapping up. Uh, Coach Mall, um, in the high school level, go learn the events that you know the least about, because I promise you for some reason that will be the only opening available. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So when you go, when you go to go get a full-time job after your GA, uh, maybe be open to being a jumps coach. Cause that may be the only position. Open. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Drew Matthews. Great. Drew Matthews says coach, because you enjoy it, uh, no matter what level it is, because it's pretty hard to make a living coaching track today. You know, yes and no. Yes. We've already talked about, we don't pay our track coaches enough. However, thousands of us make a living coaching track and field. So don't, don't, don't be down on that. Uh, Darren Flint, good friend of mine, great family, the Flint family, have them read books like mastery to help them understand if it's truly one of their life tasks. So learning again, reading, learning, always a life learner, Keith Whitman, learn all the events, but more importantly, learn how to connect with people, create a network of mentors. And just two more here. 
Uh, Scott Statham says, never believe you've made it. Oh, that's that's good. Uh, you have it. Humility and a willingness to keep learning and developing your craft have to happen. Been doing this for 28 years. And if I ever reach the point where I neither serve other coaches around me nor feel I can grow my knowledge, it's over. I, I love that. Never believe you've made it. In, in my career, my whole goal was to make it to the SEC. I was from Alabama. So, you know, I'm an SEC homer. It's the best conference in the world, blah, 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 blah. And when I made it to Mississippi State, I made it in my head. Like uh, you couldn't tell me nothing. I made it. I was in the SEC. I'm better than you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, and wow, what a bad, what a terror. That's probably what ended my career. It's like, oh man, I've I've reached the mountaintop. Well, if there's no more mountain to climb, what motivation do you have to get better and keep getting better for yourself and for your athletes? So I love Scott Statham there saying, never uh, believe you made it. And finally here, Coach Mistretta, uh, great high school coach down in Louisiana, former head coach at Southeast Louisiana University. Take some exercise science courses. Ask your coach to send you to cert classes. Man, check, check. Uh, help coach your event group. Spend time around other groups. Talk to coaches and find a mentor. So when you hear all of those great pieces of advice there, Sam. What are, I'm going to ask you, give me the three things that stuck out at you. What were kind of the themes that you heard from that entire list there? Uh, never be afraid or never believe you made it. Mm -hmm. um, and then talk to people outside of your event group. Yeah. Because you can't, I mean, you, you can still learn things that, you know, translate to, to, to whatever. I mean, yeah. like it's all, it all, track and field all kind of flows together, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, basically you said like, get, get paid what I'm worth or what yeah. we're worth. So, uh, Mouse Holloway always says like, he says something along the lines of you're always worth what somebody's willing to pay you. Like, like whenever people may have said like Abby Steiner was getting overpaid or something, he, he was saying like, if they're willing to pay her that, then she's worth it. So who are you to judge that she's not worth that? Exactly yeah. right. Someone says she's worth that, right? And yeah. someone says Mouse is worth, I don't know, he's probably making a couple billion down there in Florida, but he's <laughs> worth it, right? And just like the the coaches at your institutions, Lincoln Memorial and Next Year at Tusculum, they're worth, in my mind, a whole heck of a lot more than they're making. Um, and so it's always uh, not just getting paid what you're worth, but I want to kind of demystify this uh, getting paid as a coach. Cause again, we're so selfless. We think, Oh, I do this for free and I do it for the kids and it's not about the money. And those are great. Those are things that you air quotes are supposed to say, but at the end of the day, you've got a family, you've got a future, you have your own hobbies and passions that you should be able to enjoy uh, charities that you would like to support to do that in today's world, that takes a salary. And so I just want and bless for you to have as big a salary as you can absolutely get doing a job that you love. And that would be coaching track and field. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with all that for sure. Well, Sam, as we wrap up today, again, just so thankful. <laughs> I mean, you're so, one of the hardest things in this world is courage and to step out and ask questions and ask people that maybe you're not supposed to ask or whatever terms that are out there. So I'm just so happy for that. I would love to continue blessing you with mentors and people and advice where if someone's listening right now and they're like, Hey, you know what, Mike, you didn't bring up X or um, man, Sam, I've got a book. I, I would love if you're listening right now, cause I know I have a lot of listeners out there that are big book readers. You know who I'm thinking of right now. I know you're hearing yourself. You know, Mike knows you're a book reader. I would love, Sam's a reader. We've heard through a lot of advice that reading is good. I would ask for you, uh, I, someone out there, 
I, I know you will do this. You'll send Sam a book, send them your favorite book. I know you've got an extra copy or <clears throat> you make a couple extra shickles than someone else does. So you can buy, buy him a copy, buy him uh, your favorite uh, book that would help him as he starts his coaching journey. Uh, and then for those who don't uh, book recommendations, you know, I said, Sam reached out to me years ago now for book recommendations. So he's a reader, uh, give him some, some book recommendations out there, but also maybe you want to contact Sam. Maybe, maybe you've got a job offer. I, I wonder if someone's got a job offer for Sam, either this upcoming year or in the next year or two when he gets his graduate uh, degree here. Um, where Sam, where can someone reach out to you if they want to reach out to you to give you a job offer or a book or uh, or maybe just uh, some positive words for you? Yeah, so probably the best way would be email. Um, the email is speters. So the first initial of my name and then my last name, Peters, 1917 at gmail.com. Now, most people, when they put the numbers like that, it's their birth year. You were not born in 1917. And I I doubt, I don't want to be a doubter, but I'm doubting that your 200 meter PR is 1917. What's uh, what's 1917? What is that? Is that like an old uh, locker code or something? No, it's my, that's my street address when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Nice. I was about to say, don't say now. That means we can't have any stalkers out here, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So S Peters, P-E-T-E-R-S, uh, 1917 at gmail.com. Yeah. Awesome, man. I love it. I would love for you to reach out to Sam. Uh, obviously, he's someone that's worthy of your positivity and uh, just good words for him and maybe some advice for, for those who uh, feel like it would be um, valuable for Sam. And here's what I'm going to predict. It's 2023. You, you're going to go and do your grad work, which is a year or two. And then five, 10 years. So 10 years from now, 2033, I, I plan on being right here, still hosting this podcast. Uh, so before 10 years goes back, Sam, we're going to have you back on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> and it's not going to be titled, help, I want to be a college track coach, or I want to be a track coach. It's going to be Sam Peters from such and such, uh, either university or high school. And we're going to we're going to catch up and see, did any of this advice, was it good? Was it bad? Yeah. What would you give advice to people in your situation now? Uh, we're going to have you back, my friend. And it's going to be, it's going to be really, really awesome to see your growth. Cause I just know there is a huge runway in front of you, man. It's going to be fun to watch from the sidelines for me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> you got to visualize it. it's going to happen, man. I just yeah. know it. Well, Sam, man, thanks again for your time. Um, don't, don't hang up after we uh, uh, stop recording here. Just want to do a quick check in with you, but uh, just so thankful for you. So thankful for you that you would listen to today, that you would hear Sam's story, hear the questions. Remember if Sam is asking these questions, trust me, you have people on your team, on your high school team, your college team that has these same questions. Can you be that mentor? Can you be that light for them that helps them go into uh, really just an amazing profession? And that's the profession of coaching track and field. So uh, reach out to Sam if you feel so led and join us next week. And we're going to do it all over again. Probably have a, a coach next time. We, we paused here and had the athlete. We'll get back to the coaches next week. Join us next week. And you guys uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.